Hello again, Kelly Colvin here for course project step number six. For question 10 from chapter 10, describe the stages of team development. How would you facilitate a team's development through each stage? So the first stage of team development is forming, which involves breaking the ice. Second stage is storming or where conflicts may arise. The, the third stage is norming, where things seem to reach a point of flowing well. The fourth stage is described as performing, where a team is not only doing what it's what's needed of them, but they are coming up with creative solutions to everyday issues. The final stage is known as adjourning, which occurs in a team that is only temporary. If I were facilitating a team's development, I would do the following to ensure team success. During the forming stage, I would speak with each member of the team one-on-one -on -one and determine their specific motivations and where they see themselves most suited within the team. I would also present them with my objectives and the expectations of the team and its members. During the storming stage, when conflict is encountered, I would encourage everyone to share their ideas of improvement. I would remind them of their role on the team and that their contributions were vital to the team's success. And I'd also take time to reiterate the team's purpose and goals. Hopefully these steps would be enough to move the team into the next stage, uh, which is norming. And during the norming stage, I would continue to use motivation, encouragement, and open communication to move the team into the performing stage of team development. During the performing stage, I would consistently provide feedback on our goals and the steps that we had taken to achieve those goals, along with continuously motivating the team to reach those. During the adjoining stage, I would acknowledge everyone's hard work and contributions to the team, and I would recognize individuals and ensure that they felt accomplished and appreciated. And that's how I would handle stage, uh, or I'm sorry, team development. Hello, Kelly Colvin again for question 11 from chapter 11. Discuss ways in which low power distance as a social value among followers could affect their interaction with a leader who displays high power distance. So let's discuss the power distance. A high power distance is when an individual just accepts inequalities within an organization. So something that may just be understood but perhaps never acknowledged. While low power distance is the value of expecting equality. And I would hope that we're all sort of in that scheme of low power distance. Um, everyone should expect equality. It's something that, that should be demanded, right? Now, if a follower has a low power distance as a social value and interacts with a leader who values high power distance, you would likely see some conflicts arise, uh, especially if the follower is in any kind of minority group and the leader represents a majority. The effects of these interactions, the effects these interactions have uh, could be as small as the follower not being chosen for a special project, or as large as that follower not being chosen or considered for a position or promotion that they are qualified for. So those are just a few examples of some of the ways those varying power distances could interfere with, with interactions between 
to different individuals. And that's all for now.